Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. I invested in my first property when I was 19 years old um, and have been, you know, now, you know, coming up uh, to 29 years in investing in property. So it's a great passion of mine. I love it. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we're speaking to Sydney-based Head of Investment Buyers Agency, Frank Riety. His 29 years investing in property lends him a unique expertise. We'll explore his journey from a financial background into the business of being a buyers agent and learn about the ins and outs of the property research he carries out. Starting his portfolio when he was just 19 years old, Riety has extensive experience in property investment which lead to where he currently works as a buyer's agent. So, what does a typical day look like for him? can range from anything from, you know, prospecting for new clients. So, you know, we have a lot of inbound um, leads come to us and inquiries. So, following up on those and, and just having a chat to people and seeing what their um, what their strategy is, why they want to get in, in um, why they're looking to invest in a property or buy, you know, an occupier. So, finding out a little bit about their story, having a casual chat, um, going on to managing current clients, um, you know, sourcing properties for them based on the criteria and their brief. Um, um, you know whether they be off-market properties, uh, pre-market or on, on market. So monitoring the the property market and and stock. Um, of what's out there. Um, obviously, that involves uh, talking to a lot of real estate agents and, you know, we have a lot of close relationships with real estate agents, so calling them in the relevant areas that we're looking to buy for our clients, um, going to inspections, uh, taking videos, photos, all the applicable information that we can pass on to our clients and, and explaining that to clients and whether we're recommending that property or not. Um, and obviously, then getting into a negotiation with, with real estate agents and trying to, um, you know, buy the best property for the best possible price for our clients. Riety grew up in Sydney and went to a public school in Homebush which shaped his early years. Grew up in, in Strathfield, in the Strathfield area for anyone who knows that area, went to Homebush there you go. Um, went to went to Homebush Boys uh, High School, so public school boy. Um, yeah, then went on to uh, obviously you know uh, do some study uh, post post high school in, in, in basically focusing in, in accounting and finance. Variety looks back fondly on his upbringing in Sydney, particularly remembering the simpler times before a lot of today's technology. 
And I went to high school in what was it? I finished in '91, so I went there from like '86 to '91. So I suppose in the in the in the glory years of the of the '80s, as they call them, um, you know, fun times. You know, no mobile phones and no Netflix and Foxtel and all these channels of choice. But you know, playing on the street with with my mates in the street, riding our bikes, no helmets, playing cricket on the street, touch football on the street. Um, you know, school school was great. Um, and yeah, it was only only happy memories to be honest with you. He went to TAFE after his glorious high school days doing an advanced diploma in accounting but studying part-time instead of full-time so he could get some work experience while he was studying. The HSC results came out and um, I wasn't aware of, you know, I suppose how to manipulate getting the best tertiary entrance rank as it was, it was back then. So I did well um, but, you know, because uh, I did all two unit subjects and I applied for uni, not really wanting to go to uni, to be honest with you, at that age. Um, but it was like, okay, well, I've got to do something. Um, I'm not going to be a, a builder or something like that. My dad was a bank manager, so I said, oh, there's plenty of jobs in accounting. Back in those days, the first three pages were all accounting jobs in the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, you know, I'll, I'll apply for uni. And the only prerequisite was a two-unit maths, of which I did really well in. But because I did all two-unit sub- subjects in all the rest, um, I got not a high enough rank to get in so me and my mate trotted off down to Ultimo TAFE there Sydney TAFE and just uh, enrolled in an advanced diploma in accounting course Um, and I made the decision uh, and this was quite an important decision at the time like the course was a two-year full-time course but I made the decision to do it part-time over four years with the with the plan of coming out um, with, with the plan of then going and getting a full-time job, taking on, you know, just starting at the bottom, starting with any company that would take me in some sort of accounting role, um, starting as a junior, telling them that I've committed to study and coming out then four years later with not only the advanced diploma, but four years work experience, as opposed to doing it two years full-time and coming out with everyone else with no work experience. So that's, so that's, so that's what I did um, and that worked out well. I got a, a job with a, a large insurance company, Australian insurance company, and I ended up working with them for seven and a half years. Um, post that diploma, I then obviously, um, you know, got into university and um, basically had a year exemption because I had the um, advanced diploma in accounting. So I did my Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in accounting, and then went on and did my CPA. So I'm a certified practicing accountant for the last 20 years, actually. They sent me a little recognition pin <laughs> this year. <laughs> Rarity credits his dad as a key influence for his early career in finance. Maybe it's in the blood. My dad was uh, worked for Westpac for, for circa 30 years. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny with accounting because the first people think, uh, the first thing people think is, oh, you're a tax accountant, can you do my tax? And I'm like, no, I, I, I hate tax. I have an accountant for myself who does my tax for me. Um, so it's quite interesting. There's also the, you know, the chartered accounting and the auditing side of things. And I remember I did, you know, going back to year 10, I did a week in a, in a chartered accounting firm. Um, and I didn't like that. I didn't like the audit side of things. So I went into the, you know, I suppose the commercial corporate side of accounting. Um, and that's where my career took me, uh, you know, later on, you know, through the years, I became a chief financial officer um, for, for various companies. Um, so look, I'm very analytically minded. I like numbers. You know, as a child, I used to play games, you know, with dice and things. And so I suppose I like numbers. Um, uh, so yeah, it was 
you know, it was always going to be an office job. Uh, like I said, there was always, you know, every company needs accountants. Um, and the other thing I liked about it is that the, you know, the skill is transferable. You know, I started off in, in insurance. You know, people say, why did you choose insurance? I said, I, I didn't choose it. It chose me. There was a job going. I applied. You know, I didn't. When you're a junior looking to get taken on, you don't have much choice. Um, but I loved it. I loved the people I work with. Um, and then from insurance, I, you know, broke out and went into, you know, various companies um, along the way. So, you know, like I said, every company needs um, accountants. And so I thought, well, I'm always going to be employed. He moved around and accomplished a lot during his career in finance particularly with insurance, IT, sports and hospitality companies. I never wanted to get into any particular field um, or industry, I suppose. Like I started, like I mentioned, in, in insurance. Um, and then I had a few small stints, you know, two or three years with certain companies. I worked for a, a small Australian uh, IT company um, that was listed on the on the ASX. I, I, I worked for a, a large American company, um, you know, where I reported into, you know, my bosses were in in the US um, and they were listed on the NASDAQ. Um, I, I worked then, I got into sport. Um, I ended up, uh, I was the financial controller for the West Tigers uh, NRL team from 2007 to 2012. Then I got into the hospitality industry um, and worked for the likes of Penrith RSL Club and, and the Blacktown Workers Club group. Um, so that's sort of the, the types of industries. I had a small stint with, uh, with Impulse Airlines actually, I, I recall when Impulse got taken over by Qantas uh, so was there sort of through that transition um, so it was quite interesting um, and you know I've, I've learned something from each and every one of those industries and, and companies I've worked for if you like um, so that's um, you know been great. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Frank Riotti's transition into the property industry. It was one of those things that sort of came about and thought, you know, well, if I don't sort of follow my passion now, um, when will I ever do it? The development of his own investment portfolio. Current wife and I, um, we have nine properties. So that's uh, eight investments and obviously one principal place of residence. Lessons learned along the way great lesson don't don't try and get rich quick um you know found out the, about this beautiful thing called margin lending and that's next i'm Tyron shum and you're listening to property investory hey let's be real deals that can yield 20 to 30 percent per annum do exist don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes. There are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then, register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Once again, following a suggestion from his dad, Rioty began investing during the 1990s, close to home. 
the story I tell people is, you know, I started working as, a, as I mentioned in insurance and, you know, that was probably, I started working there in 92 or 93. Um, and, you know, I was literally on $17,000. Um, now at, at that time, you know, that was the going rate for a junior and it was more money than I'd ever earned before. Earning, you know, the only other job I'd had prior was, you know, working in Macca's uh, for a little bit of time there during school. Um, and, then, you know, so I was earning $17,000 and then just one day out of the blue, my dad just came to me and said, you know, so, so what are you doing with all this money you've, you're earning? And and I said, what do you mean all this money? I said, it's, it's I'm earning $17,000 per annum. <laughs> you know, I sort of laughed. I, and he said, uh, <laughs> he said, have you thought about uh, buying a property? And I said, well, not really. Uh, anyway, he just he just left it with me. He was very smart, my dad. You know, he just left it with me, just planted the seed. And I thought nothing of it. You know, on Saturdays, I go and play soccer. Um, and then about six weeks later, from memory, I came back to him and I, and I basically just said to him, so are we going to buy this property or, or what? And he said, oh, so do you, do you want to buy one, do you? And I said, yeah, yeah. So I said, look, I'm, I'm not interested in going and, and doing inspections and looking at it. So I'd go out and play soccer on Saturdays and, and my mum and dad would go out and do inspections. And then, you know, basically one day they came to me i still remember i was you know playing soccer and they're screaming out from the sideline we found one we found one i'm like all right let's wait till half time <laughs> and uh you know they so i went to look at it It was a little small two-bedroom unit in uh, croydon park um so you know we, we lived in strathfield so they didn't venture too far it was your typical let's we know this area let's just look around the surrounding suburbs um something that you know i obviously could afford and um you know, and obviously my dad had done the sums. Being a bank manager, um, you can you can borrow this much if you can get rental income of this much. This will help service the loan at whatever the current interest rates were back in 1993. Um, and we ended up buying this little two better for eighty three and a half thousand dollars. Sounds cheap <laughs> now <laughs> in Croydon Park. Yeah. So that's how it started. So my dad was, you know, I still credit him to to planting that seed, um, and and you know, I took it from there if you like. His parents also dabbled with investing. I can't remember if it was before or after I purchased mine that they also purchased an investment property themselves. Um, but, then, you know, like most people, they didn't go any further than, than one investment property. And for whatever reason, I, I can't even recall now, they ended up selling that. Um, so, yeah, I was the one who then um, built on that and, you know, went from one to two to three to, to the multiple I have today. Right, he talks about his portfolio but also reflects on investing mistakes and challenges in the past. My current wife and I, um, we have nine properties. So that's uh, eight investments and obviously one principal place of residence. Um, probably my worst investing moment was was not property related, property investing related. It was more share related investment. Um, I, I did dabble in shares there for a while. And I think before I even invested in property, I had some shares. So as I mentioned, my dad worked for Westpac. So I think I, from memory, I had about three grand, um, probably the first three grand I earned. He said, have you saved three grand yet? Buy some Westpac shares, <laughs> right? He goes, so I remember I had um, some Westpac shares early on and um, he basically just said, just hold them, don't sell them. When the, um, you know, tick the box for the dividend reinvestment plan. So don't take the money, let them reinvest and, and you'll keep, you know, through uh, compounding compounding growth, uh, you know, they'll, they'll buy more shares for you. So I held Westpac shares for, for a long time. Um, but then post that, I ended up 
getting into, and this was circa the dot-com boom, so I got caught up in that hype. Um, you know, great lesson, don't don't try and get rich quick. Um, you know, found out the, about this beautiful thing called margin lending, you know, margin lending, and the bank will lend you money and you can leverage up and, you know, multiply your, your, um, your gains. And that's all well and good while the stock market's going up until something like the dot-com boom hit. And I still remember I got a, I was on a harbour cruise for work and I got a phone call saying, you know your LVR is a bit down we need 20 odd thousand dollars in two days time and I'm like on a harbor cruise and I'm like okay I'm first I'm like oh shit okay um (laughs) racking my brain where I'm gonna find this 20 grand um and you know and obviously not wanting to sell any shares which were obviously down at the time um now thankfully I you know being smart, I suppose, not, I didn't leverage myself too much. And I knew that, you know, these margin calls were a possibility. And so I, I obviously had some savings set aside. So I was able to make the margin call from memory without selling any, any, um, any shares. But yeah, that was a, a great lesson in volatility, I suppose, as to how volatile that um, the share market can get. And having been invested in property at that same time, showed me just how resilient the property market is and you know one thing that i've learned over the the, the past 29 years of investing and you, you know if we call uh an investing you know a, a property cycle every 10 years you know no, this is like my third one now my third cycle if you like um i've just seen how resilient um, the property market is whether it is a dot com boom, whether it's um, you know a GFC, whether it's threatened changes, you know, via an election of you know capital gains tax rules or any old or negative gearing rules. They always like to throw that one up. Um, that you know interest rate rises or decreases, you know the, the the market just keeps on keeping on, as I say. And as long as you have the patience and um, to to hold long term. Um, you know, I can only recommend property investing that you will do well. It's, it's, it's worked for me as long as you're buying, you know, quality properties in quality locations, I might add. Variety also shares with us how he managed the complications of the property market during the pandemic. You know, I, I, how could I forget about the pandemic? Um, like nobody ever saw that coming. And, you know, then there was, you know, the property market's going to drop 20 to 30%. What happened? It did the opposite. So again, resilient. So, you know, post-pandemic, there will be something else. I mean, that's that's not a property-related thing. That's life. Um, you know, one thing I know, you know, is life throws us curveballs and you and you have to manage those, but there will be something else. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm sure the property market will be resilient to that as well. Expanding on the resilience of the property market, Variety gives us some important assurances that are critical to know when investing in property. It's the beauty of it. As long as you make, you keep making your repayments, um, the, the bank isn't going to come knocking and saying, "Hey, you know, we, you know, that LVR at eighty percent that we lend you, we lent you, you know, that your property values dropped, so your LVR is actually hovering above ninety percent now. That's uncomfortable for us because, unlike the share market that gets valued, you know, every second that the share market is open, um, the property, um, the, you, you know, your property that you own or are invested in it doesn't. Um, I know, like. You know, when things are good, people like to say, oh, you know, it gets down to nearly, you know, I love reading these articles when they're saying, you know, how much money people are making overnight in their sleep, you know, and, and I joke about that, you know, say to the guys at work, I made another 10 grand last night just for going, from going to sleep, um, you know, when things are great. But, you know, property doesn't get valued like that, you know, it's it's probably should be valued on an annual basis only. And hence, you're exactly right that, you know, you keep making your monthly repayments on your loan, the, the bank is going to 
not worry about what value you, your property is or what your loan to value ratio is. When dealing with property, on the other hand, Variety has seen nothing but success due to its experience as a landlord. Look, I must say I have been pretty lucky um, in that regards. There's nothing that comes to mind where I've had, you know, a disaster as such. You know, you get some, you know, some repairs and maintenance issues, you know, the, with all this rain, especially, you know, ah, there's, a, there's the tenants have reported a leak. You know, other than that, you know, what is it? A, a, you know, a new hot water system, a new, a new dishwasher, <laughs> things like that. Um, you know, tenants wise, I've always been of the mindset um, about looking after tenants you know my number one thing is if i look after the tenants they'll look after my property um whenever tenants do report any issues you know I'm, i've told the property you know my property managers up front um get this get it fixed um they keep me up to date of course you know we've had to send out a plumber we've had to send out an electrician but i don't want my tenants to be inconvenienced whatsoever um like i said it's their home um in regards to their living there i want to look after them um i've never been um too greedy or, or bullish on on rents um you know if anything you know five bucks ten bucks or you know finding you know keeping knowing what the market rent is and sort of not being at the top end of that um so you know because you know i don't want to be in a situation where i'm upping the rent by so much and forcing people out and then i'm without rent for one or two weeks to chase an extra 10 or 20 dollars doesn't make mathematical sense to do that throughout his journey rarity has learned so much about investing in property but it's when he realized his great returns on his investments he knew this was the right path for him you know, when I think back, buying that first property, um, at, you know, eighty-three and a half thousand, and I actually sold it ten years later. Um, and the only reason I sold it is because uh, um, at the time I was about to get married, so you know, I was looking for a deposit to, in, um, you know buy a principal place of residence um, and the thought there of using equity it was sort of like you know I can't recall to be honest whether that notion was around or why the bank didn't tell me that etc or my or my or why my dad didn't it was sort of like if you want to yes you've, you've got some capital growth there we sell it we take that money and we you know we use that for the deposit um, because if I knew then what I knew now I probably wouldn't have sold um, to be honest with you because um, you know although I have the nine properties now I've probably you know bought and sold for various reasons over over the years as I was educating myself I suppose um, so yeah that first property in Croydon Park bought it for eighty three and a half thousand. Ten years later sold it for 180 now I remember at the time the agent telling me wow 180 is is top dollar similar ones to this are only selling for 170 um, and during that 10 years, I purchased the second one. Uh, it was actually a studio apartment. Um, I remember I, I saw it in the Sydney Morning Herald one Saturday morning, uh, studio apartment in Ashfield. Um, and I bought that for about 110 and and sold that one, pretty much sold them both to fund this principal place of residence um, and sold that one for about 170 180 as well. So I suppose, you know, looking at that, I'm going, wow, this Croydon Park property, I've just made 100 grand in 10 years for basically doing nothing. You know, I didn't have to work for it. And that was that, I suppose, aha moment where I'm going, I've just made 100 grand here. You know, I started 10 years ago, I was earning $17,000. Who knows what I was earning 10 years later? Probably 35 grand. I don't know. Um, and I've just made 100 grand for basically, you know, not doing anything, just buying the thing, paying the interest, collecting the rent 
attending to the, a few repairs and maintenance. And you know, hundred grand was a lot of money back then. It was more money than I than I'd ever seen. So that was that moment that you know really got me then going. Wow, this property investing does really work. Such great insights from Riley throughout this episode and we'll be getting even more next time as he tells us about the strategies he uses. Managing the, the admin and, and financial teams of those businesses, um, obviously looking at ways to increase profitability. The mentality needs to be successful in the financial world. The CFO role has evolved over, over the years from you know being your typical you know number cruncher to being now very analytical and very much an advisor to the company owners. He discusses the mindset needed to be successful in your property portfolio. Never put off till tomorrow um, what you can do today. Um, it's relevant in, in life, it's res- relevant in your jobs, in your career and it, it's definitely relevant in property. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now and I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.